DLN asks dentists to volunteer to see just one of the many patients in need each year. If you're a dentist or know a dentist, please share this information. Like me, they can make a real difference in someone's life. DLN makes it easy. Go to willyouseeone.org to learn more. That's willyouseeone.org. This is Leaving the Yard, Leaving the Yard with Chuck Zach. Chuck Zach. Presented by Liberty ILO ISD and our studio sponsor, Eagle Distributing. On 107.9 The Fan and ESPN 105.9. All righty, welcome back. 19 minutes after the hour, leaving the yard here on the Fan 107.9 and ESPN 105.9. I'm Chuck Zach. Uh, Tyler Huff still supposed to be making his way this way, so we'll kind of uh, keep a chair open for him. Ty Taylor coming up at 5.30. We'll talk to the former Pleasant Grove defensive line and uh, co-defensive coordinator as we uh, get ready for him to take over as the head man of the Jefferson Bulldogs, job he got here just a couple of weeks ago. All right, we were talking before the break about uh, the Cowboys. I'm really focused on the defensive side of this. Obviously, we flip to the other side of the ball. They put up stupid numbers. Now, Dak had, what, 400-plus passing yards. He threw three touchdowns. They uh, put up 515 yards, I think, of total offense in the game. Now, you're going to hear numbers that don't make any sense, and how do you lose? They had 37. That's an all-time Cowboy playoff high. 37 first downs. Packers ran 54 offensive play. The Cowboys ran 89. If by the end of the game you could see Packer defensive linemen's tongues hanging out because they had to go back and chase Dak Prescott on 60-plus pass attempts. But the first quarter he had no yards. And the first half, he threw a pick six and two interceptions. And if not for a score at the very end, thanks to a pass interference penalty, they get shut out in the first half. He put up a lot of yardage and a lot of, well, a lot of yardage and a lot of statistics after it was 48 to 16. Take that for what it's worth. The Packers played prevent, they let him go up and down the field. They got three drives out of that and scored a couple of touchdowns and, and made a lot of, you know, a lot of big play stuff, yardage stuff. But the reality was the first half of that game was dreadful for Dak Prescott. He came on the press conference afterward on Sunday and said, I was terrible. Can you move on? If you're the Dallas Cowboys, have we seen as good as it gets? of Dak Prescott, and can you move on? You owe him $60 million. I think that's a number this year coming up, $60 million. He's still under contract, I think, for another year after that. Do you just eat the – you can't. You can't, eat the, you can't eat that much in cap space and try to find somebody else. This is eight years now. He's been the starter for all eight years. Romo got hurt first couple of games. That became Dak's job. It's been Dak for eight seasons. He's two and five. In, you know the numbers. He's two and five in the playoffs. 
I'm reading a guy today who says, is it time to realize that Dak may be Danny White? Although the rebuttal was, can you see Dak leading the Cowboys to three straight NFC championship games, which is what Danny White did after Roger Staubach retired. And we're still at that head-shaking place of like, no, no, I can't see it. You can't be – and I, they played all year for that game. They got the two seed. They're going to be – we sat here on Thursday and talked about if everything went right. Let's see. What did everything mean, go right mean? Tampa beating Philadelphia, the Rams upsetting Detroit, and the Cowboys having a chance to maybe avoid San Francisco. They just needed a, they needed a couple of things to go right. It started with they had to win because Dak didn't play well. The defense was dreadful. The offense didn't give the defense even a chance. Not in the first half. Not in the first half. C.D. Lamb looked lost. Dak was forcing passes to him. Green Bay wasn't giving up anything. It's 27 to nothing. Is it time to move on from Dak? Can you eat a big salary cap hit? Can you go with Trey Lance? You traded for the guy and say, you know what? We've hit our ceiling. I don't think there's one single person that doesn't like the person that is Dak. He's a great guy. I think he's a little bit schmaltzy sometimes, but he's a great guy. But if the goal is you want to win a Super Bowl, you want to, hell, you want to get to an NFC championship game, is being a great guy enough? And putting up Tony Romo offensive numbers in the regular season, and he has the exact same playoff record as Tony had, and you got no closer to the NFC Championship game with a team this year that looked loaded. Think about this. You've got the guy who had statistically the best year at receiver of anybody. You got a great young tight end. You got three Pro Bowl offensive linemen. You have a guy who's self-coronating himself as the greatest pass rusher in the NFL. You had, and granted, you had an injury to, to, to Diggs. Trayvon Diggs' injury did not help this team. But you picked up Stephon Gilmore, who was a former Pro Bowl player, and you got Leron Bland, who was a Pro Bowl player this year in the secondary. Safeties aren't the greatest? Okay. But defensive line, Demarcus Lord's pretty solid still. That's still a really good football player on a really good team. Where's the weak link in this? You got a Pro Bowl kicker and a Pro Bowl punter. And is this the ceiling? Because if this is the ceiling and Jerry's 81 and you want a Super Bowl before you die, can't... Do you just keep telling yourself and the fans, well, we're, we're going we're gonna to get a break next year. Next year we're going to make it happen because we like Dak. He's a good guy. Or are we being sold a bill of goods? 
And here's what I mean. Okay, I spent the time today. Everybody knows it's been 28 years since the Cowboys have been to the Super Bowl. Seventies, you old guys who grew up loving the Cowboys. It was because of the seventies. It was because of Starbuck. It was because of Landry. It was because of Randy White and Leroy Jordan and Chuck Howley and Charlie Waters and Cliff Harris and Tony Dorsett and Rayfield Wright and Drew Pearson and we could go on and on and Bob Lilly, Harvey Martin, Ed Jones. Seven NFC championships that they got to in that decade. Seven. Three in a row in the 80s. Talked about Danny White. 80, 81, 82. Three in a row. So from 70 to 82, 10 NFC championship appearances. America's team right there. Didn't get any more in the 80s. Jimmy comes over. Four in a row in the 90s. 92, 93, 94, 95. Round two. Loving the Cowboys. Emmett, Michael, Troy, etc. Not an NFC championship in the 2000s. Not, a, not, not, not winning one. Not in one. Not in one in the 2010s, not in one in the 2020s. You know which team's been an NFC championship since 2000? Just 2000. Giants, Vikings, Rams, Eagles, Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks, Bears, Saints, Packers, Cardinals, 49ers. Three franchises haven't been in an NFC championship game, and that may end this week or two weeks. Dallas, Washington, Detroit. Detroit's got a better than, than, than expected chance to beat Tampa Bay and get in the NFC championship game, which would leave us with Washington and Dallas. Only two haven't made it in this century. Let's make it bigger. Let's talk about the AFC. How many teams of the 16 have been in an AFC championship game since 2000? Everyone but three. Cleveland, they're out of the playoffs this year. Hadn't been since 1989. Miami, they're out of the playoffs. Haven't been since 1992. And Houston, which has never been, which is still alive, and if they beat Baltimore this weekend, they get in an AFC championship game. This thing that Jerry has convinced us the Cowboys are is on the level with Washington, Detroit, Cleveland, Miami, and Houston. This isn't a small sample size. This is a monstrous sample size. It's almost a quarter of a century. Of the 32 teams in the NFL, 26 have made their conference championships this century. Dallas has not. I get rabid fandom. I get it. I get reasons why you'd have it. 70s and and 82. Why wouldn't you? 92 to 96. Why wouldn't you? 
I'm not telling you give up on your team. I'm telling you stop the crazy. This is the year. Let it happen. Don't be the team in week eight going, oh, man, this is it. We got it. You don't. They haven't sh- – there's not anybody on this team. Michael Irvin's ire this week was so well-deserved. Guys from the 70s put their championships on the table. Told us, here's ours. You need to get yours. We need to keep this going. Team of the 90s put theirs on the table. Last 25 years, not even a championship game in their conference. Feels like you're being sold a bill of goods. Gut the whole thing. Gut McCarthy, gut Quinn, gut Dak, get on track. We're going to take a break. Ty Taylor is supposed to be coming up next. We'll open the door. We'll get him in here. We'll talk a little high school football with the new Jefferson Bulldog head man when we come back. Leaving the yard. On the fan, 107.9 and ESPN 105.9. was a pretty good year, especially for listeners who won prizes from us. Like that new pellet grill last spring or the Honda ATV in the fall. We gave away thousands of dollars in cash throughout the year and more gift cards, concert tickets, and Magic Springs passes than we can begin to count. And if you think we're slowing down, well, you're wrong. Out with the old, in with the new. After we clean up the New Year's confetti, we'll tell you how to win dough from us in 2024. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year. 107.9 The Fan. What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Darian. We call him uh, Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. The craziest thing was believing that your dad knew everything. So as a dad, you felt like you had to know everything. You had to get everything right. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then, you know, it kind of starts to work itself out. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. 
we have our own journey and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veterans guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Now, now, here's the four states weather forecast from 107.9 The Fan. We're looking at a clear sky tonight, low 11. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. Wind chill as low as 6. Increasing clouds Wednesday night, low 27. Thursday, mostly cloudy with a high of 50. Mostly clear Thursday night with a low of 26. And Friday, sunny, high 36. Listen anytime on your computer or your smart device through our website or with the Texarkana Media Center app from the Google Play or App Store. Leading the yard on 107.9 The Fan and ESPN 105.9 is presented by Liberty ILO ISD and our studio sponsor, Eagle Distributing. All righty, welcome back. 25 minutes, still top of the hour, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach with you this afternoon and uh, or this morning for those on the uh, Rewind. Joining us in studio today, uh, we missed him a week ago, but we're, uh, we're, we're doubling it up and it's better today because instead of on the phone, we get him in here. On the uh, on the Facebook presentation as well as on the radio presentation, it is Ty Taylor. He is the new head coach and athletic director at Jefferson High School. And first of all, heck of a way to start a new year, huh? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a it's been a uh, you know a little hectic and crazy, but um, you know it's been good, you know, in in a, in a good way. So now you have been at PG how many years? Five, oh, five years, five years. Mm-hmm. We had John here talking about your podcast yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. Yep. Which, by the way, you're going to keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd kind of started to taper off a little bit last spring, okay. uh, just because you know it is it's a grind. Yeah. You know, finding people and you know being a one man show basically on that as far as getting guests, editing, building graphics, um, you know, the actual interview itself. Sure. Uh, all prepping that stuff, for it. Yeah, prepping for yeah. it, you know, getting kind of doing a little bit of research on whoever's coming on and uh, blocking out of time, you know, because that's usually an hour, hour and a half conversation. And so all that to say, I, probably not. I'm not completely abandoning it, but right. it'll be something that if I have time, if I have some some pockets here and there, if I'm going to be talking with a coach, or, you know, hey, let's just make this a podcast anyway sure. for other people to benefit sure. from. So. Uh, it's it's it has bumped down the list of priorities right. <laughs> considerably. Well, so. you did a great job on it. Well, we, thank you. We thank had you. Johnny before and talked about that a little bit, and, and thought your podcast was very entertaining and informational. If you're a football guy, you really had a lot of good guests and and yeah. a lot of good information for yeah. hardcore guys that love football. Now, as you said, it's down the priority because your job descriptions have changed dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coming in, I asked you this is your first head coaching job, and you said it is. Yeah. So. Why did you feel like you're ready now to be a head coach? You know, I don't, I don't know if it, it's kind of like uh, what I can compare it to, and what I've compared it to is is being a parent. You know, you think you're ready, and then when they hand you that little baby, and, and it's time for you to take it home to the you know from the hospital all by yourself, 
uh, you and your your wife or your your spouse, uh, that's a whole nother level of fear and anxiety. And all of a sudden, you know, you're not as as smart of a parent as you were when you were criticizing other people who are parents. And and uh, so I'm learning that rapidly day by day as you know having to make decisions and having to decide on things. You know, outside of football, just right. you know from an athletic perspective, you know, even as this week as this weather's impacted basketball games and relaying that information, you have another school district involved, and then that affects junior high games. And so all those things. So how did I know I was ready? I, I, I knew it was a challenge that I wanted to, uh, wanted to pursue and something that I always wanted is a dream of mine to be a, uh, an athletic director and a head football coach. And, um, you know, I just think, uh, you kind of get to a point where you want to test yourself and 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 continue to push yourself uh, and stretch yourself professionally and personally and um, you know whether it was going to be this year or next year or three or four years down the road and didn't know when that was going to happen but um, fortunately uh, Jefferson came open and and they hired me and so uh, ready or not you know here we go was it were you looking for a specific like in my head, I'm I'm wanting at least this size school district, and I'd like to stay in this potential area. I mean, did you have any of those things in your head, or was it really just I'm ready? Let's start applying for jobs. Well, yeah. I, so obviously, my wife and I, you know, something would come open, um, and and you know, it might come open and say, Hey, would would you ever consider that? What do you think about that one? Right. And we kind of go through, well, where is it? You know, I have my parents live in Kilgore. Uh, I have uh, a brother in Plano, a brother in West Monroe, Louisiana, and uh, a sister in Austin. So we're all kind of spread out, but, you know, would like to ideally stay somewhat close to my parents. You know, they come to our games and they're big time supporters. And so that plays into it. Um, so you've got a triangle, Plano to West Monroe to Kilgore. Yeah. That's the, yes, that's the that's, fit you'd like to that, stay in. That would have been, that's ideal. Yeah. And and now, would I, can, would I and have I considered places outside of that? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's just kind of, there's just other factors involved. But no, as far as size, um, you know, the biggest school I've ever been a part of was was a five A Division two okay. school, um, which I thought was was a, was a nice size. And then, you know, really enjoyed being at Pleasant Grove. Um, and then I'm just really enjoying uh, so far being at Jefferson, being in a small town where, you know, everybody, you know, the heart of the community is the school, and 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 everybody knows what's going on with athletics, and 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 the, the, a lot of the pride from that community derive is derived from how their kids are doing in athletics and that that's I think that's special and that's a cool thing about a place like Jefferson. You know, it's you you are how old are you, Ty? 37. So you I mean you're a fairly young guy. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what the long range plan is. Do you want to be a 6A guy in Texas or do you want to find a community like a Scott Surratt or a Josh Gibson has where it doesn't have to be the top of the ladder? If it's a community I'm comfortable in, I don't mind spending 20 years in this place. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes the misconception or miss is people think that, you know, or just assume that coaches automatically want to get to that right. 6A level. And to me, uh, I, I think the 3A, 4A level is kind of a sweet spot because, uh, because of the things I already mentioned. But, um, you know, honestly, because of the latitude that you get in places like that, places – you know, of that size to, to bring in your own, you know, your incorporate your own culture and, and work with administration on making decisions about schedules and, you know, different things that you might, that, that, that you don't necessarily think about as being important when building an athletic program. Right. 
And, you know, if you're in a big place, you're not always getting a seat at that table when it comes to those conversations and instead kind of being told, hey, here's what we're going to do, deal with it, you know, and, and make the most of it. And being able to bring in, you know, who you want to bring in and, um, you know, those types of things. I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about that and being in a place like that. So I don't, you know, as far as, you know, aspirations to be at a bigger school or that's not necessarily how, you know, anything that, that, that wouldn't make me want to, you know, just because it's a 6A school wouldn't make me want to go and consider that. Um, in fact, uh, I, I, I think there's a lot more, um, you know, to be said about being at a place um, where it's a one-school town and everybody gets behind that school and the kids grow up wanting to be a bulldog or wanting to be a whatever it, it may be. And I think there's a lot to be said to, to say about that. My wife and I both – taught at Texas High. She got out of Texas High and went to Hooks Mm -hmm. and loved Hooks, loved the smaller community, loved the more rural community. Um, Just just, for her, that was the perfect fit for her. We all have our different fit. Each one's got something different to say for you. You can make more money at a bigger one, but sometimes the smaller schools got different sets of issues that make you feel more comfortable. Jefferson feels like it's kind of in that Hooks Atlanta, sweet spot kind of thing about it's not too big, but it's big enough you've got athletes coming through that make your program, especially on the football field, competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's a place where, uh, and it's already been, um, you know, expressed to me very clearly, and and it's awesome that, you know, that that people are going to know what's going to are going or want to know what's going on with their yeah. athletic program and they're going to be uh informed and and they want to be informed and you know uh sometimes we call them helicopters that's exactly <laughs> right and and that's a double-edged sword and i get that and i understand that there's going to be good and bad and uh that come along with that but i would much rather have that than uh you know be in a place where uh you know the local high school sports team is is way down on the list of right. things that that community cares about yeah Ty Taylor with us. We're going to take a break here in about a minute, and we'll we're going to keep you around for oh, a little yeah, bit longer, absolutely. definitely. Yeah. So we want to make sure we we uh, let people know that. Tomorrow, by the way, on the program, uh, Billy Lavender is going to be in here. It's his day on Wednesday. Matt Fry is coming in as well, somebody you're a little familiar oh, yeah. with over yeah. at Pleasant Grove. He's coming in to talk about uh, some things going on over at the Waka Sportsplex this next weekend. So we've got that stuff going on tomorrow. Ty Taylor, who uh, just left Pleasant Grove, uh, is now the head man over in Jefferson. Uh, you're having a hard time getting your, your wardrobe right now. You went from black and gold <laughs> yeah. to this, I guess it's maroon, yes? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's A&M maroon. I found out yesterday that's the, the official the, uh, color. The official number is I'm ordering some things and making sure that I'm getting that right and matching that up correctly. So, yeah, uh, luckily, uh, shout out to Jim Weaver at BSN. He sent me some kind of some complimentary maroon right. stuff because I had absolutely zero uh, in my closet. And it's amazing how many clothes – you're left with when you get rid of all your old school right. stuff, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that, that's been a challenge. That what you do don't you do with a about. closet full of old clothes? So I, if it's embroidered, I'll, I'll give it back. Okay. And I know that sounds kind of strange, like, but you know, other coaches are going to come sure. in to Pleasant Grove and if they're my side, you know, and a lot of that stuff, we get so much stuff there, you know, coach Gibson's really good to us that a lot of that stuff is actually hasn't been worn just a whole lot, especially right. the jackets and things like that. So, you know, somebody's going to get a good little head start on a uh, on some coaching gear. Shoes are in. always the worst. Yeah, shoe you yeah. can't do anything with shoes. Right, that's, like, that's oh, those true. are great, and they, but you can't take them with you because yeah. you're a different color. We're going to take a break. It's about 15 minutes till top of the hour. Leaving the yard. 
Chuck Zach with Ty Taylor hanging out today. We'll be back in a minute here on the Fan 107.9 and ESPN 105.9. Bush Guide, cold and smooth survival skills. For a successful stint in the great outdoors, pack accordingly. Place heavy essentials near your spine for stability in rough terrain with light items near the bottom. Now, you may be wondering, where does the bush light go? In your stomach. Bush. Head for the mountains. Enjoy responsibly. Copyright 2023, Anheuser-Busch, Bush Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Still need affordable health insurance or lost your Medicaid insurance? Civicard Certified Navigators can answer your questions, help you complete your application, and assist you with choosing your health insurance plan before the deadline. Navigators want to make sure you receive fair and accurate assistance when enrolling in a health plan. These plans cover doctor's visits, mental health services, your prescriptions, and more. Open enrollment ends January 16th. To get assistance, call 430-529-0043. Civicard Navigators, here to help you and your family get covered for 20 When the closets are too small, the cabinets are outdated, and the sink and the bathtub are aqua blue, it's time to call Victor Home Remodeling. With over 15 years of experience, Victor offers room renovations, patios, cabinetry, bathroom remodels, flooring, painting, roofing, and more. Call 903-306-7495 online at victorhomeremodelingtx.com. Quality craftsmanship at a fair price. Trust Victor to turn your home into a dream home. Fentanyl struck our family a little over two years ago when my son Cameron, at the age of 19, died of fentanyl poisoning. Cameron made an incredibly poor choice and purchased a pill off of social media, not realizing it was a completely fake pill. He just wanted some relief from his anxiety. That one pill contained a lethal dose of fentanyl. One pill definitely kills. It's really a matter of life and death. Visit OnePillKillsTX.com, sponsored by HHSC. With an eye on issues in the Arklatex, this is Community Matters. Since 1966, Opportunities Incorporated has provided developmental and support services for children and adults with disabilities in the Texarkana area. The mission of Opportunities Incorporated is to help their clients live a full life. Opportunities programs are funded by individual donors and supported by local business partners. To sign up for their newsletter, learn more, or make a donation, click opinc.org. Texarkana Media Center cares about the community. 100% Texarkana. Globe Life Field is your home for college baseball with three full weekends of action starting February 16th at the home of the Texas Rangers. It all starts with the Shriners Children's College Showdown presented by Kubota featuring Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee, and Nebraska. Next is the Kubota College Baseball Series with Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Michigan, and Oregon State in Weekend 2 and TCU, Texas A&M, Arizona State, and USC for Weekend 3. To get tickets and learn more, visit globelifefield.com college baseball here's a bad sound now here's a good sound Hadaway collision phil speaking texarkana's best body shop we at Hadaway collision offer the highest quality in vehicle repair and have an icar gold certification family owned and operated since 1981 we offer a lifetime warranty on body repair and paint come by and see us 3327 south lake drive Hadaway collision you can count on us Keeping you updated on happenings in the Twin Cities. This is 1079 The Fans Community Calendar. 
East Texas Food Bank has free produce available, no eligibility requirements, paperwork, or ID required every fourth Saturday while supplies last from 10 till noon at the House of Refuge, 1707 West 6th Street, Texarkana, Texas, in partnership with 50K Souls. You're listening to Leaving the Yard on 107.9 The Fan and ESPN 105.9. Brought to you by Liberty ILO ISD and our studio sponsor, Eagle Distributing. Early one morning while making the rounds, I took a shot of cocaine and I shot my woman down. I went right home and I went to bed. All righty, welcome back. Ten minutes till top of the hour, leaving the yard, Chuck Zach. And my guest today is Ty Taylor. He is a new head football coach and athletic director over at Jefferson, but he spent uh, five pretty darn good years here in Texarkana at Pleasant Grove. And I know you and uh, and Josh Gibson uh, got very close over the five years. Um, how do you even describe the impact that he had on you for the last five yeah, that's that's really tough. Um, you know, I tell people, and I told this to the the, the uh, committee in Jefferson when I was interviewing that, you know, I said I'm not going to talk about you know state championships or or anything like that. I said my my dream here, my goal here is to have the same impact on this school and community that that Coach Gibson had at Pleasant Grove, and right. and be able to you know be able to transform a school and a community like he's done at Pleasant Grove would be. Um, you know, would be uh, obviously a dream. And, and then the other stuff just takes care of itself. So um, he's had a huge impact on me and continues to do so on my family as well. You know, um, every year that I was at Pleasant Grove, um, he made my situation and then the other coaches' situations better. You know, he found a way to make them better, whether it be, you know, improving our our, our teaching load or whatever that was or finding a spot for us that we preferred to be in and, and you know, um, just making it where it was a place where, we, where people don't want to leave. They want right. to stay there. And so um, – and he's, of course, had a huge impact on my family. My kids view him as, a, as an uncle. Um, and, uh, and, and so just the impact that he's had – on me, it's you know can't be overstated. Was was one of the advantages being over there? He's a fairly young guy when he got the PG job, and I, I'm I'm going to take a leap of faith here. Were you given a little more responsibility as the five years went on that you felt I'm ready for a little bit more, and that was something he was willing to do? Because a lot of coaches get in a spot where this is me, I do all of this, this is you, you stay right here. And you don't really get a chance to grow into the next thing. I didn't really get that sense over at PG. No, you're absolutely right. You you hit the nail on the head there. He, you know, he is uh, upfront with us about hey, you know, tell me what your plans are and and what your aspirations are, and you know how I can help you reach those. And so obviously he knew that you know my my dream was to one day be an athletic director, head football coach. And so there would be times where he would say hey. You know, I'm, I'm bringing you in on this meeting because I want you to be able to kind of see how this is done. Or, hey, actually, you go handle this and go sit down with this person or talk with this person who's coming in, sit in on this interview because, you know, this is stuff that you kind of need to know about. Sure. And that he started doing that year one when I was here. You know, we would have, you know, that's when we had Landon Jackson and Marcus Burris and Nick Martin and all those guys here. And, you know, obviously you'd have not just college recruiters coming in, but kind of the heavy hitters from those staffs coming sure. through. And he would. Um, I, I was kind of the, uh, the recruiting coordinator was a new position that he sort of made, you know, for me when I got here and he would 
he would send me with those guys and kind of, hey, go talk with Coach McNeil from Oklahoma and um, wow. you know, uh, Coach Johnson from Ohio State. And, right. and so as a D-line coach at the time, talking with those guys, that was huge. And um, so he was was and is very gracious and, and very good about helping coaches underneath him uh, advance and succeed you're you're going to start to do something i'm assuming you haven't done before which is interview coaches for positions on right. your staff right were you ever included in that over at pg as well yeah uh-huh yeah we um so you know fortunately for us there in my my time there there wasn't a whole lot of turnover and right. when we did have positions open typically we had guys you know in our middle school staff or you know who were close to our program that we could pull up or move in into those spots and so there wasn't a whole lot of uh, you know, just a whole lot of interviewing that we had to do. But, yeah, there were some times where, um, you know, Coach Gibson would be like, hey, you know, I've, I've talked to this guy. Now I'm going to – I want you – will you talk to him? And that way we can kind of have these independent opinions and then kind of get together and talk and see what we think. And so, yeah, that was, that was uh, another thing that he helped let me in on. So going to Jefferson, how many positions are they going to let you bring in? Yeah, so that's going to be something that, and this is what I've met with all the coaches there now. Um, you know, bringing in uh, an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, and then beyond that, it's it's we're just going to kind of let the semester play out and right. see what happens. I'm sure there's going to be guys who who decide they want to go do something sure. else, and there's going to be guys who want to stay. But you know, what I told them, you know, from day one is I'm going to be transparent and upfront and honest with everyone, and and but I'm also going to spend a lot of time observing. And, and just kind of getting to know everyone and building those relationships and seeing how you guys respond to the things that I'm bringing here. And, you know, is this one of those things where everybody kind of gets up for the first couple of weeks because the new guy's here and then we kind of settle back in the way things were going? Sure. Or is everyone flipping a switch? And that's kind of what I'm going to be looking for uh, before we make those decisions. Now, you've been a guy on the defensive side of the ball for the five years you've been here. Right. So obviously you need to find an OC right. who's going who's gonna to maximize – and we were talking off the air. You've got a returning who will be senior tailback who gained almost 2,000 yards. Right. You've got a returning who will be senior quarterback right. who threw for 21 touchdowns. Right. You've got two what will be senior returning wide receivers and two what will be sophomore returning. Yeah. Your top four pass catchers are all back. Yeah, You've got diverse offense on both sides – are you going to look for a guy who helps to fit that talent, or are you looking for a guy who, beyond 2024, I need a guy that does the kind of offense I'm looking for? Yeah, I'm looking for a guy who's going to have a scheme. He's going to be the same way for defense. It's That is not a um, a system first guy. It's what's best to put our kids in the best position to succeed. Right. Um, to use Pleasant Grove as an example, I mean, you know, it would have been really easy for – uh, Justin and Josh Gibson to keep running the wing tee because sure. you know they went to three state championships with that and, and won two of them. But you know there was a decision a couple of years ago to say, hey, based on what we have now, this is probably not the best option for us. So let's start exploring other options. And that got them out of their comfort zone. And they really had to kind of, I mean, they, they spent a lot of time with other staffs oh, yeah. researching and talking and kind of working through some things. And so for me, that's that's the approach that I want to have is, yeah, um, we need to have something obviously. We're not going to run, you know, just a flavor of the week offense, but something that is a, that that we can um, tailor to fit the specific uh, abilities of our kids that we have that year. Maybe one year we have kids that we can, you know, put on the line as a tight end or or, or even as an H back. Uh, maybe we don't have those kids some years, and we'll be able to, you know, have to to change up personnel groupings in order to to 
fit those kids and what we have uh, in the locker room at the time. But that's that's really what I'm looking for. I know last week we were going to have you on. Your phone was ringing as yeah. you were interviewing <laughs> a guy for a, a defensive position. Has your phone been ringing off the hook? It has not for necessarily for those things, for those positions. I mean, there, ha- there have been coaches who've reached out, but it's just been, yeah, last week I uh, kind of got caught on a, on a conversation with a coach um, just talking about, you know, what – basically what we're talking about right. here and you know a vacancy on our staff and um it, it was kind of one of those things where uh, I didn't want to didn't want to cut that thing off and but it, it's it's been yeah I would say it's been pretty steady um from from uh you know not just coaches looking for spots but just from a lot of things sure. you know that you don't necessarily even think about um you know graphics companies or uh radio People and not even right. yourself, but just local, you know, sure. from, you know newspaper Jefferson. people building, uh, wanting to build relationships right. so, so they can cover your team. So just different things like yeah. that. You know, in all the years you did the podcast, you you got introduced to a bunch of people. How, how has that kind of changed your perspective on the job you're about to walk into? Yeah, so I think one one thing that you know the podcast really helped me do was was be able to just talk with people and right. find some common ground pretty quickly because. You know, whenever you're speaking with someone you've never actually met face to face, more than likely, you know, the quicker that you can find some kind of common ground or connection with them, then the better that conversation is going to go and the more give and take you're going to have. And so I think that's been invaluable in the first week and a half, two weeks on the job is, you know, there's every day there's someone new in my office that I haven't haven't met or right. I'm going to see someone that I haven't met and talked to. And, and so just being able to find that common ground and get them on board with what we're doing at Jefferson has been invaluable. I got just a few seconds. You excited for February 1st and the new uh, yeah. districts being yeah. unveiled? Yeah, we're all kind of keeping our fingers crossed. We're very <laughs> excited. Yeah. Excellent. Ty Taylor, it's great seeing you again. It's been a few years. We'll get together and do this again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get you back Love in Texarkana once yep. in a while. Sitting down is better than on the phone. That's right. That's right. Good luck in Jefferson. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We're going to take a 23-hour timeout. Billy Lavender in tomorrow along with Matt Fry. You guys have been listening to Leaving the Yard here on the Fan 107.9 and ESPN 105.9. We'll see you again tomorrow. If you missed any of today's show, hear it again tomorrow morning at 7 on 107.9 The Fan or on demand anytime at thefan1079.com. KCMC and KTFS Texarkana.